Hello, Ray. How you doing? Hello, everyone, and you're welcome to this week's Roscommon J Memories. And this week, myself and Ray are talking about the 1981 football final between Roscommon and Mayo. And uh, what sort of an affair was it, um, Ray? Well, it was a tight match, Aidan. Um, it, it wasn't the most exciting game in the first half, but then it, it uh, became very tense, exciting um, and spectacular final few minutes. That's the way it was described. Um, it was, happened on the uh, 12th of July, 1981, in Castlebar. Roscommon played Mayo, Connacht Minor football final. And the Curtain Razor, to the Connacht Senior Football Championship final in 1981, which took place on the same day between Sligo and Mayo. And Sligo beat Roscommon in the first round of the championship in the senior uh, championship that year down in Sligo. And uh, they they took on Mayo, but Mayo won that game by 12 points to four. A very, very, very drab affair. One-sided. It was Mayo's first Connacht Senior Championship win for 12 years. They hadn't won since 1969. And um, Roscommon, of course, seniors were going for five in a row that year, and it was a big shock when when uh, Sligo from uh, Division Four beat Roscommon down in Sligo. Eventually, Mayo won the Connacht senior. But the, the game we're talking about today, and of course, is the minor final. And there was another five in a row attempt on that day. It was Mayo minor team were going for five in a row. They had won the Connacht minor championship for four years in a row, just like Roscommon in the senior from '77 to '80. Mayo had won four Connacht Championships in a row on minor level, including the All-Ireland Final of 1978, which they won, beating Dublin in the final. So um, uh, it was refereed by a man by the name of Porrick Regan from Leitrim. And as I said, it happened the 12th of July, 1981, and our listeners in Roscommon will be happy to know that Roscommon edged it by a point in the end, but it wasn't easy, and uh, Mayo had dominance for a hell of a long time in the game. And what players stood out for both teams on the day? Well, I suppose you look at the star players before we get into the nuts and bolts, really, of the game. Um, and, of course, it was a seventh title, as I said, for Roscommon. Their first since 1975, when the, the 75 team was a great team. They could had Seamus Ty, uh, Seamus Hayden, Tony McMahon, a lot of the great players that went on to play for Roscommon um, later on in 1980. But the Roscommon minor team in 1981 had some household names as well and some star performers. Talk about... Uh, we talk about in the backs, you had um, Pat Dory, uh, and then in the forwards, Eamon McManus Jr. and uh, John Kelly from Elfin uh, and Fran Nicholson from Clan. They all played senior for Roscommon at, at various levels, uh, various times in senior grade. So, like, if you look at it, a hell of a backbone to that team, like Pat Dory, Paul Early, Eamon McManus Jr. You know, this is serious. You have a good back, a good midfielder, and a good forward, star player across the lines. It. That's it, and of course the spine of the team is always uh, where the strength is as well, isn't it? Of course, you need strong centre, don't you? You know, you need your like yeah. if you you need a good goalie, good full back, centre back, midfield, centre forward, and full forward. And if you haven't got those, now you're playing catch up straight away. All that's a given, even to be competitive at at, at top level. You need top players down the middle, and uh, even in the club game, you'll see it. In, you know, the top teams all have a strong spine. You take, for example, Orden last year, the one intermediate. Like they, they had a phenomenal um, centre, you know, pairing in the midfield, half back line, back line, you know, great, great players there. And, uh, you know, Featherston, Tom Featherston, these guys, great players. So um, um, strong players down the middle. Yeah, it, without them, 
you, you won't see too many uh, teams winning any grade of championship, be it junior, senior, intermediate, without having a strong centre. And uh, from the Mayo side, I suppose the main players they had was um, Sean Maher, played for Mayo in the in the senior team, won Manny's Econa Championship with uh, with Mayo as well. And uh, he was the main man in the centre of the field for a lot of the game. He tired towards the end of the game with Roscommon's midfield with Paul Early and him sort of took over. And as well as that, John Finn from Mayo Gales, he was a top player for Mayo for many years in senior football as well. So he, he had a great game in the half-back line for Mayo. So they were the main, if you like, star players for Mayo at that time and also going on to play uh, for Mayo in, in senior level. I suppose the big talking point of the game was um, Mayo led by seven points at one stage in the second half, Aiden, and uh, in the 42nd minute, their centre-half back, a guy called James McNabb was sent off for an incident. And uh, that sort of, um, it, uh, it knocked the stuffing out of Mayo because they were, they were cruising, they were in the driving seat, they had a big lead. And then within a few minutes, Roscommon had pegged them back. And the main star for Roscommon was Eamon McManus Jr. He, he scored two goals for Roscommon, which was a phenomenal uh, performance in the Connor final. You know? So Eamon Jr., great player for Roscommon at senior level as well right through the 80s into the 90s, you know, and Connacht final 1990, he scored four or five points from play and then he had a great game against Mead in the semi-final in 91 as well. So he was a great, uh, Junior McManus was a great player um, in, in the minor in 1881 and also for us coming for many, many years afterwards. That's it. And I suppose um, the key is, we always say, we're, we're not biased but uh, you know the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper role is always is always essential. And I suppose uh, you know who who was the goalkeeper that day? Yeah, the goalkeeper was a guy called Michael Concar, and I think he was from Castlereagh. Michael Concar, um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was from Castlereagh, and he was the goalie, and uh, he was beaten twice. But uh, he, by all accounts, he had a good game, and even the best of us Aidan can they hit goals from now 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 and again? You know, you always blame you always blame your full back line, don't you? Yeah. From time to time, people forget. They have, to, they have to go past 14 players to get a shot on goal, you know, so goalkeeper's union will always uh, come out with that statement anyway and say, there's 14 in front of me, front of me before I get, got here, so yeah, the goalkeeper, like, it's so important, isn't it, to have a great goalkeeper, you know, um, you know, like, you talk about the great keepers in football and soccer, like Peter Schmeichel, Casper uh, Schmeichel, Alisson, these guys for Liverpool, but all the great keepers down the years, like Martin Furlong, like for Offaly in 82, saving that penalty. The, good, the great keepers, Aidan, they mightn't be called upon in the whole match, but then all of a sudden, there could be one big moment in a game, a one-on-one situation, and they pull off a match win and save. It turns the whole tide in favour of their team. And the really great keepers are the ones who make those stops, those one-on-one stops, the stops that's not expected. You know, John O'Leary used to do it. You know, he could read a... If John O'Leary was in a in a, in a a two-on-one situation, for example, if his defender was two-on-one against, John O'Leary used to anticipate, be out like a shot, and uh, anticipate the hand pass and intercept it. You know, great, great goalkeeper, Charlie Nelligan as well uh, for, for um, Kerry. So it's not a coincidence that great teams have great goals. How many points would you say Peter Schmeichel would have saved United over the years? So many. When, when they were going strong, he saves United. He turned so many 1-0. He, he won so many games 1-0 for United because he pulled off great saves, vital moments. So your keeper, people forget about the fact that a keeper making a top save is like a goal for the team that he's playing for. You know, if, if there's a one-on-one, 
David Clark as well from Mayo. What a player. You know, how many times did he save Mayo in the, in, in the years gone by? Even last year against Tipperary in the semi-final. Tipperary had about nine goal-scoring chances. He, he must have saved four or five of them. And, you know, Mayo's defence was very porous in that game. And Tip, looking back on it, could have scored six, five or six, seven goals. But David Clark saved them so often. It takes courage, Aidan, to be a good goalkeeper, a good shot stopper. Because, like, as you know, a shot stopper has to come out. Uh, goalkeepers in Gaelic or soccer, it's a waste of time staying on the line. You must come out. And as the further you can get out, every step you take on the way out to meet the player, you're narrow on the angle. And I think you're giving the goalkeeper the edge, the chance to stay, to save. You know, you're, once the angle is narrowed, and I see from time to time keepers stay on the line and let fellas have a shot. It's a it's it's a goal. You cannot do that. You have to you have to anticipate and move fast out to meet the player. And it takes guts because you're putting yourself in the line of fire um, to do that. And the great goalies do it. They put their body on the line to save those shots in in both soccer and Gaelic and in hurling. You know, you've seen once uh, you know Stephen O'Keefe there from Waterford in the hurling. Like he's made so many great saves for Waterford like last year in the All-Ireland final against uh, Limerick and semi-final against Kilkenny. Super stops. And I remember one day Stephen O'Keefe was playing in goals and I remember Anthony Nash there with the goalkeeper for Cork used to take the penalties and they had to change the rule because Anthony Nash was such a good penalty taker. The penalty would start at the 20-metre line but it was probably on the 10, 10 yards out by the time he actually shot, you know, because he, he, the ball has been moved so far forward in, in his lift. Uh, Stephen O'Keefe, on one occasion, I saw him saving a shot from Anthony Nash where he, he ran out and he, he actually saved Anthony Nash's penalty, which was like, it was like Superman putting himself in, in, in the line of fire for a, for a bullet. You know, in the film where, where, where Superman caught the bullet, it was the sporting equivalent to that, uh, Stephen O'Keefe yeah. coming out. Uh, but great goal. Look at it. And as you said, Michael Concar uh, did well for a scumman that day. He, he conceded to it, it wasn't his fault. And we talk about great goalkeepers. You know, you need a great. Every team needs a great goalkeeper in order to be successful. And you have to, you know, be a great shot stopper. Like people forget as well that goalkeeping is all about keeping the ball out of the net. Whatever about kickouts yeah. and finding a man, which is so so important. I still think goalkeeper may have one or two chances in the game to be called on to to save a shot, and he has to come up to the mark. And it's psychological. You have to prepare for that. If you're not on your game as a keeper, if you're not focused, you're not tuned in properly, you're not going to put your body on the line for it. You'll just probably allow the shot. But once you're once you're um, in the zone, if you like, as a keeper, you have your eye on the ball and you see danger, uh, sniff danger, you're coming. Uh, and every yard or every foot, uh, inch that you make up out to the player in possession, you're giving yourself a better chance of stopping uh, a goal. So, yeah, Michael Concar Aiden was the goalkeeper. And I, I think, I'm nearly certain he was in Castlery. I don't know precisely, but I think he was in Castlery. He may have been from Orton. But... I suppose, really, and, and other goalkeepers that, that you could mention will be, I suppose, Stephen Cluxton. Um, I suppose the most, uh, you know, you have to be a certain, you have to be a bit mad to be a goalkeeper, a lot of people say. But I suppose you look at Shane Corn, he would be the, the real. You know, he had it all. He was like a fly keeper in his common days. And even like, I suppose, with that lone town, uh, Gay Sheeran was another great goalkeeper. There's so many great... I, I think he would have been um, the most complete goalkeeper, really, Shane Curran, because, like you said, he he, 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 ne- he was never shy about coming off his line. 
but also it's we've seen it on the on his uh, documentary on Lake Lake Regal, where he he was he, and he said it himself where he would have been the only goalkeeper to score a ga- uh, goal and a point in a championship game, which is which is some record. And I think even with Stephen Cluxon, I don't think that's something that would ever be. Um, that, that that would ever uh, be be broken, a record that would ever be broken. But uh, you know, I, I suppose it, it it's just one of those, you know, it, it's a spe- it's a specialist position, and uh, I suppose uh, like you and you, we both played in goal as well. And throughout the game, obviously for seventy minutes, even it, the ball mightn't come near you, like you said, for for a quarter of that, or even half of that. Or most of it, but you're still keeping an eye an eye on the ball, still making sure, you know, directing the players, making sure the players are in the the right position. So even the ball, even though the ball isn't near you, you're still you're still uh, guiding the the backs and all that, make sure they're they're marking up and things like that. But also Absolutely. you're doing it. You're also doing it depending on the, on the tactics, of course, on the day that the manager employs. But uh, you know, yeah. it, it is it is a key it is a key role in in a lot of ways, maybe more so than. We say people watching outfield players would would, would realize that it's um, you know the the amount of skill that's involved not not just like from a diving point of view or taking free taking kickouts or things like that, but also like it's nearly like a second captain on the pitch in a way, isn't it? Because you're telling people where to be, the players where to be at certain times and that, and you have to take command of the the box as well. Absolutely, all of those things. It's a whole catalogue of, of criteria to be a good goalkeeper, good kick out, good communication skills, good shot stopping, linking up with the full back line. Now, you need to be a player, you need to be a footballer, you know, you need to be able to play the game, be an extra attacker, if you like, you know, to go out the field with the ball. You know, that's important for a goalkeeper as well nowadays. You see, the leash goalie is fantastic at it, Cluxton can do it. And um, once the keeper can come out, he creates an overlap. It's definitely a new. It was there in Australian rules for years. You know, at the time they played the uh, compromise rules, the goalkeeper was sort of like a fly keeper. And it's coming to Gaelic football, and I think it's a great thing. I think it's it's uh, the day of the goalkeeper just standing there, being the goalkeeper, shot uh, shot stopping and kicking the ball out is long gone. He now is an extra defender, and you see Calvin there have transported um, their goalkeeper Galligan, Raymond Galligan, from a trans uh, converted him from a corner from a forward into a great goalkeeper because he can play football. And it's so important yes. that a goalkeeper is comfortable on the ball. And, you know, that's what you need, a, a footballing goalkeeper that can carry the ball. He can be uh, composed on the ball, doesn't um, get blocked down or doesn't, you know, move the ball backwards or sideways. He's going forward and finding out, uh, finding a player. Give you the, the game, as I said, Mayo were going for the fifth title in a row. It was two evenly matched teams. As I said, the seventh title for Scammon, James McNabb, as I said, was sent off on the 42nd minute. That cost Mayo. Also, another issue in the game was Pat Higgins for Mayo. He had a goal disallowed towards in the game as well for carrying the ball too many steps. And Mayo weren't happy about that because that would have given them the win. Mayo were one point up towards the last quarter when that goal was disallowed. So, so like it, it would have had a big impact on the game if that goal was allowed. So he, he overcarried. The referee gave the free out. So Mayo missed two goal chances in the final minutes as well. That was down to a scam and blocking and doing good defensive work. So this was a game that either team could have won, but Roscommon showed the guts, the resilience, determination, um, and the good defensive work. You know, um, the cornerstone there, Michael Concar, together with the full back line of Chris Lally, Declan Finn and Michael Kelly, um, they held Mayo out in the vital times and, and Roscommon held on for a one-point victory. But the story of the match 
the first minute Mayo scored a point from play it was a guy called Porrick Duffy and in the third minute they got a goal and it was John Gavin shot from 20 yards out and he scored a goal to make a 1-1 to a point 1-1 to no score uh, the goal was set up by Sean Maher so Maher um, you know got the got the, the ball in and Gavin then picked the spot with deadly precision so Maher did the spade work picked out uh, John Gavin and John Gavin scored a goal so again Sean Maher played in the Ireland senior football final in 1989 uh, against Cork which Mayo lost narrowly and his brother Greg Maher also played that day as well and, and Greg Maher died young um, uh, Sean Maher's yeah. brother and uh, Greg Greg was on the Mayo minor team the one day All-Ireland final in 1985 they beat um, I think Cork in that final as well I remember being at the semi-final they beat Mead in the semi-final in Crow Park was uh, Mayo played Dublin senior game and, and Mayo uh, beat me PJ Gillick, Gillick was playing for Mead that day and um, they had a guy called Michael John Mullen full forward he was a very very good player Mayo he never really played senior much but he was a great player that day in 85 and Michael Fitzmaurice as well went on to play in the 1989 final. he played in that 85 semi-final for Mayo so as I said Mayo leading 1-1 to a point after three minutes so that's not exactly the start where Scotland wanted um, but yeah. then it took the time to settle and then Eamon Glancy from El Finn he was midfield for Roscommon with Paul Early and he scored a point for Roscommon on the 12th minute to make it 1-1 to a point in favour of Mayo and then uh, Roscommon got a second point from play on the 16th minute and John McDonald scored that point and I think John McDonald may have been from St. Bridget's um, so Roscommon were back in the game 1-1 to 2 points after 16 minutes and then they had a, another body blow on the 18th minute John Walsh half forward from Mayo he crashed the ball to the Roscommon net after um, you know uh, breaching uh, and rounding the Roscommon defenders so 2-1 to Mayo 2 points to Roscommon after 18 minutes so Mayo were on top at midfield at this stage with uh, Sean Maher um, and the other midfielder was a guy called Connor Deaver I think he was from Westport and he was on the Mayo squads over the years as well so they were well on top after 18 minutes and uh, Roscommon were finding it hard to to get a foothold in the game Aidan you know they were they were really struggling and Paul Early and, and Eamon Glancy came strong later on but another interesting fact is that Mayo forwards hit seven wides in the first half you can imagine that seven wides it's a hell of a lot of wides when you lose a game by a point but after after eight of Mio two goals in one point was common two points that was the score after 18 minutes and then 20 gone Horik Duffy put Mio six points clear with the point to make it 2-2 two, two to two points so that was Duffy's second point of the game and Roscommon were now six points in arrears six points down and Roscommon at that point 20 minutes gone losing by six points but up steps the man himself, Eamon McManus Jr. And he scored a goal on the 23rd minute from close range. And that made it 2-2 to 1-2. So um, the Mio defence was tight until that point, but the gaps were shown and Eamon McManus Jr. Uh, got in, in behind the defence and put the ball in the back of the net to get his first goal to bring Roscommon back into the game, 2-2 to 1-2. And that was the score at half-time. Um Roscommon, you know, were very economical. They were outplayed, but yet they were within touching distance of Mio at half time, having played second fiddle most most of the most of the half. The Mio defence were well on top with John Finn, Eddie Gibbon, Gibbons, Joe Gilmore. They were very good, and uh, they kept Roscommon uh, quiet, if you like. But then there was further bad news for Roscommon Aiden 
on the 34th minute, just four minutes after the uh, uh, started, John Walsh got in for his second goal for Mayo. So that made it Mayo three goals and two points to one goal and two points. And it appeared that Mayo were coasting the victory at this stage. So, so John Walsh got a second goal, 3-2 to 1-2. And in a minor game, six points lead. And uh, further bad news for Scammon in the 37th minute, when Mayo went seven points up, John Walsh scored, uh, you know, well, John Walsh got the carbon copy goal. Game. But uh, on the 37th minute, Mayo got another point. And uh, it's uh, Porrick Duffy got a point to make it 3-3 to 1-2 from a free. So here you have it now. 37 minutes gone, Connacht minor final, 1981. Roscommon, three, one goal and two points, that's five. Mayo, three goals and three points, and that's a total of 12. So seven points in it, and it didn't look good for Roscommon. So, but Roscommon wouldn't give up. Uh, within four minutes of Mayo going seven points up, Roscommon had cut the lead back to two. So that shows great work by the Roscommon yeah. team. And that was much to the influence of Paul Early and Eamon Glancy, who started to get into the game at midfield. So they started to dictate things. Sean Maher and Conor Deaver were tiring. Uh, it was a very warm day, but Paul Early and Eamon Glancy came to the fore. They took the game by the scuff of the neck, and all of a sudden, Roscommon were dominating midfield, and the pendulum swung in Roscommon's favour. So as I said, within four minutes of going seven points down, Roscommon were back to within two. That was incredible. Like you know, There's not too many teams can do that. That was that, that was the thing, but here's the, the main turning point of the game. Um, it was it was on the minute uh, that man McNabb that I mentioned earlier, James McNabb, was sent off uh, for Mayo, and that that turned the game for some reason because it had a big impact on the Mayo team, according to the reports. Uh, McNabb's sending off, so Roscommon, you know, they didn't. At this stage, they, they smelt a chance to, you know, overtake Mayo. And, and that's exactly what they did. Um, Eamon McManus Jr. on the ninth minute got in for uh, a second goal from, from close range. And that was that brought us coming back, with, you know, within uh, four. And then they got a couple of points as well. And, uh, you know, it really looked decent at that stage. You know, Hessian, Robbie Hessian got a free. He was from Roscommon um, Gales. And Eamon Glancy got a point as well. And Eamon Hessian then got another point. So all of a sudden, from 3-3 to 1-2, Aiden, losing, Roscommon, with the benefit of a... Back to 3-3 to 2-6. That's level scores, would you believe, um, coming up to the 50th yeah. minute. So this is a team that was, to all intents and purposes, dead and buried, scored 1-4 without reply. But that's incredible performance. Like Eamon McManus Jr. got his second goal. Um... Robbie Hessian got a free, and then um, John Glan- uh, Glancy got a, got a point, as I said, from play, and then Robbie Hessian got another point. So you're, you're going from 3 3 to 1 2 to two, 3 3 to 2 6 in a, a period of maybe 10 minutes. You know, you know it's, it's incredible by that team. So then, would you believe it, Aiden, on the 50th minute, having drawn level, Roscommon went into the lead. Leo O'Connor, the corner forward, put Roscommon ahead, 2-7 to 3-3. So now they've scored 1-5 without reply in a game where they were seemingly dead and buried. And then three minutes later, in the 53rd minute, John Kelly from Elfin, uh, his uncle played for Roscommon as well down in the 70s, put Roscommon two points up to make it 2-8 to 3-3. So we've gone from being 3-3 to 1-2 down 
to two eight to three three ahead. So we've scored one six now without reply. That is for a minor team. That is incredible, absolutely incredible. So two eight to one three three, and then on the fifty fifth minute, Mayo reduced the lead to a point. Uh, when John Gavin scored a point to make it 2-8 to 3-4. And that was the final score. Mayo didn't score after that. Roscommon didn't score after that. But Roscommon had to withstand the sort of a rearguard action. Mayo were, had a couple of goal chances towards the end. Roscommon blocked them out. And um, eventually, Porrick Egan blew the final whistle and Roscommon had won the kind of final by a point, their seventh ever kind of championship. But it was an incredible comeback. You know, imagine being, what, seven points down and win by a point. That was, it was brilliant. And I suppose in cases like that, it could be a mixture of many things. I suppose what helped them was, I suppose, that they never said, I oh, attitude by the Roscommon players, but also maybe, I suppose, luck and opportunities came their way. And I suppose had that had that Mayo player not been sent off, it could have been a totally different a totally different outcome for Roscommon. But, you know, to be fair to Roscommon on the day, they took their play, they took their points and they, they took their scores and things like that and, uh, you know, fair play to them. But I suppose really looking at the game overall, um, were, were there any, you know, positional changes or substitutions that that might have changed the game as well in the course of the game, as in addition to the Mayo player being sent off? Well, the, 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 talk, the, the talk of it was that... Um, Roscommon, Aidan, I don't think they made any changes in the game. It was the, 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 the reports talk about um, James McNabb, the Mayo centre back, getting sent off on the 42nd minute, and that they were, you know, they seemed to be coasting and they just fell apart after that. You know, they had, they had yeah. that, that his, his departure from the centre back position left Mayo down to 40 men, and it was a very hot day. So if you have a spare man on a hot day at any level, it's a big advantage to you, you know. But uh, yeah. at the same time, how many times have you seen 14 men galvanise and become stronger? You know, you see a lot of teams down to 14 men and it, it, ends, it ends up like they look like they're the extra man. So, Roscommon had to, it, it can be more of a disadvantage than an advantage to have a man sent off against you because it sort of rises the opposition. It riles them and it motivates them and gives them, every man starts to make up for the, the, the man sent off, you know, they, they sort of come dig deep and come go to the well and come up with extra energy and extra fight and anger. You know, there's nothing like a bit of anger, controlled aggression, controlled anger, controlled, if you like, um, energy, controlled play um, to help you. And everybody needs sort of like teams that have that sort of, what's the word, um, bit between their teeth, be it yeah. because they're, written off or because of a man sent off or everybody says they have no hope. It gives them that motivation, that extra motivation. And I often dread uh, to see a team I'd like to support um, going a man up on a team because I've seen you've seen so many times Aidan the, the team with 14 men win all, in all Ireland. Like for example, 1990, Cork beat Mead with 14 men. Colin O'Neill was sent off in the first half. In 1983, Dublin beat uh, Galway with 12 men. Galway had 14, Dublin had 12. So, like, the man sent off can can motivate uh, the team that's down a man or down. In Dublin's case, they were down three men, which is unbelievable. Like, and they yeah. beat Galway with twelve men, which which is unreal. But that's what happened. That's history now, and it happened. But um, 
fair play to Roscommon Aidan. The Roscommon manager that year was was um, Sean Young Aidan from Boyle, great coach for Roscommon. He was from Derry. I, I had the privilege of being um, playing with Roscommon under sixteen team when Sean was the was the manager, and uh, I found his coaching to be absolutely expertise. It was he, he was big on the basic skills and the game and drills. You know, the pick up, the hand pass, the catch, the tackle, the kick pass, left and right foot, punt pass. You know, he all the basics. That's he worked very, very hard in the basics. Another thing I admired about him was every drill we did, he actually demonstrated it numerous times to everybody uh, before it was done so that nobody was under any illusions as to what standard he expected and what he wanted. I can still see him up in Coleman's Park wearing the Roscommon tracksuit, going down with his hands over the ball to, for that pick-up, you know, and talking about having your two hands in front of the ball so that it, it sort of protects the ball when you pick it up at speed. It, it sort of... Um, it's like a, a shield or a shovel in front of you so that you can't let the ball through your hands as long as your hands are down over the ball. And I remember Sean teach, showing us all that and I have to say he was a great uh, coach, a very gentleman, uh, never had a bad word to say it. Uh, and uh, he he, as, uh, he died, died about maybe two years ago. But his son, Paul, is was nominated for an Oscar this year with the... Um, with, with um, Cartoon Saloon down in Kilkenny. Sean Young was a great coach, one of many great coaches Roscommon have had over the years, you know. So, Aidan, it was a great win for Roscommon. I'll just give you the Roscommon team now before we move on, I suppose, from the kind of final. But Sean Young was the, was the manager and, and my club man, Parks Reynolds, he, he was a selector at that time as well. Parks died 2014, but he was a great selector for Roscommon minor teams for many years. In 1984, he was selector in Roscommon. 92 was selector also. When I, when I was involved, which I had the privilege of being involved with Roscommon minor team in 1992, when we, we uh, had, had a good win in the kind of final as well. So, Roscommon team, Michael Concar was in goals. Right full back was Michael Kelly and I think that's the uh, late Michael Kelly from uh, St. Foylius. And Michael uh, was a great footballer. Um, he was he played for St. Foylius for many years. If that's the same Michael Kelly, I'm, I'm sure it was. Um, but if I'm not, I, I, I could be uh, corrected on that but Michael Kelly um, they hadn't played for Folias for many many years they won the Scotland Intermediate Championship in 1992 and Michael was full back as well so the late Michael Kelly full back Declan Finn and then left full back Chris Lally so with a name like Lally I'd say Kilbride maybe connections there right half back yeah. B Collins full back Pat, uh, centre half back Pat Dory he was playing for Michael Glavies at that time the left half back was Desmond Lachlan he was from Boyle he played for Boyle for years after. Then midfield was Paul Early, Michael Glavies, and, and he was partnered by Eamon Glancy uh, from uh, Elfin. Both of them played for Roscommon under-21s when they won, got, won Connors in 1982 and they were in the All-Ireland final, Donegal beat them. And then right half forward, John McDonnell, centre forward, Eamon McManus Jr., left half forward, John Kelly Jr. Right uh, full forward, Robbie Hessian, Roscommon Gales, full forward, Fran Nicholson, and, and then left forward, Ken Pettit, from Clannagale. In fact, Leo Connor came on a sub for Roscommon. Leo Connor. And uh, Leo Connor, uh, he scored a point as well. Leo Connor did. I, I, I missed it in the, in the, when we were talking a few moments ago, but Leo Connor scored a great point for Roscommon. Scores for Roscommon, they were yeah. two, points, two points, John Kelly, two points, John McDonald, a point, and Leo Connor, a point. Mayo, John Walsh scored two goals, John Gavin won one, and Porrick Duffy scored three points. So, Aidan, th- that meant that Roscommon qualified for the All-Ireland semi-final. And in doing so, um, you know, just before that, Mayo dominated the minor final for long spells in 81, but Roscommon um, 
you know, they showed their persistence, their resilience and their ability to come back. Uh, some of the reports says that Mayo had goal chances at the end and they went for goals too early and that Roscommon blocked them. Um, um, Roscommon were more economical and more clinical and won, Mayo dominated for long spells. They went for goals and at the end and Roscommon blocked them and uh, snuffed out the chances and repelled them, if you like. Uh, Mayo were superior for a long period of the game they missed seven wides in the first half, which cost them. But Roscommon took over in the second half with Paul Early, Eamon Glancy at midfield. You know, the great players they had, Pat Dory, Eamon Bermanis Jr., really brought them um, over the line in the end. But that meant they qualified to the All-Ireland semi-final against Cork. And that happened on the 9th of August, 1981. It was the curtain raiser to the semi-final between Kerry and Mayo, which Kerry beat Mayo easy. But Roscommon met a Cork team that was one of the best minor teams that ever played football. And they lost out by 5-11 to 3-5. So as Cork scored 5-10 from play, would you believe that? At half-time, unfortunately for Roscommon, Roscommon trailed Cork by 4-5 to 1-2. So Cork surged ahead in the game early on. Um, they got a score um, early, goal early on, and that was important of things to come. Um, in the second half, John Hessian, Robbie Hessian, scored two penalties for Roscommon, and Fran Nicholson scored a goal just before half-time uh, for Roscommon. So, um, Roscommon then, in the second half, Aidan, um, like I said, they were losing by 4-5 to 1-2 at, ha- at half-time. Fran Nicholson got the goal. And then they got two penalties. Robbie Hessian scored the two of them, which was a great for a minor player to go up and score two goals and penalties in Crow Park. And at that stage, yeah. Cork led by 4-9 to 3-5. And there was a hint of a comeback. However, Cork um, tallied a few more points and another goal at the end uh, to, to run out Comfortable winners by 5-11 to 3-5. Um, Roscommon, would you believe, took the lead in the match. John Kelly scored a point in the second minute, uh, but that was as, as good as it got, really. Uh, Jack Heaney from Tyrone with the referee. And I'll give you the scores in the game. The scores for Cork were John Cleary scored five points. Colin O'Neill scored 3-1. Ona Mahoney got a goal. Tony O'Sullivan got two points. Tom Mannix got a point and Peter Fisher scored 1-2. And then for Roscommon, or Robbie Hessian, two, pe- two penalties. Fran Nicholson, a goal. John Kelly, a point. And uh, I don't have the other scores for Roscommon, but uh, they, they, they ended up 5-11 to 3-5. Cork went, in, went on then, Aidan, to win the All-Ireland final in 1981. They beat Derry handsomely as well. So this was a, this was a phenomenal Cork team. And it was the backbone of the Cork team that won all those All-Irelands in 1989 and 90 and played in all those finals, you know. 87 to 90 that Michael Maguire was in goals he played for seniors for a few years Tony Leahy Niall Cahillan Pat Buckley played Hurland for Cork um, then you had um, you had uh, John Cleary Colin O'Neill Ona Mahoney Tony O'Sullivan played football in Hurland for Cork Tom Mannix and Tony Davis so like there's there's the full Cork team if you like that played in the minor team in 81 that's the Cork team that won those All-Irelands in 89 and 90 so the, it was a phenomenal Cork team. Um, the midfield of Mannix, Tom Mannix and Tony Leahy were very strong. Paul Early and David Glancy found it tough that day. But Roscommon had too, mo- too many holes to plug all over the field. It was a superior Cork team and by all accounts, one of the greatest ever minor teams to play football, the Cork team of 1981. Just a who's who of, of All-Ireland senior winners like John Cleary scored five points, Colin O'Neill, Ona Mahoney, Tony O'Sullivan, Tom Mannix, Tony Leahy, Michael Maguire, Michael Allen, Pat Buckley, you know, incredible. Anthony Davis, Tony Davis. So that was the 1981 um, 
Connacht minor final aid in Roscommon win, winning the seventh ever Connacht championship uh, in the minor grade was trained by Sean Young backbone by Eamon Junior McManus Paul Early Pat Dory Fran Nicholson these guys uh, great players for Roscommon in later years and uh, there was a couple of changes for the Roscommon team for the semi-final uh, Kay Rogers came in for Michael Kelly and Leo Connor, who came on in the Connor final he started instead of Ken Pettit so Ken Pettit yeah. was, was clan he won lots of county championships with Clan Gale um, senior Connor championships with him as well he was a very good player and the Pettits are still playing young, young Pettit next generation are playing for clan now and they're really really good players as well so um, so that was that was the team of, of 1981 Aiden. It, it brought honour to Roscommon they played very well they won Connacht Championship having been seven points down there's not too many Roscommon teams that win a, win a, win a, win a Connacht final having gone out by seven points uh, going into the last quarter of a, of a Connacht final and uh, if you look at the Connacht final of 81 Paul Early came to the fore when he was really needed in the second half and caught a lot of ball started to dominate and, and 10 years later at senior level in 1991 he did the same thing for the senior team against Mayo in High Park in a Connacht final replay that we covered uh, back last year so so a great win for Roscommon finished in, in, in Castlebar on the 12th of July 1981 Roscommon 2 goals and 8 points that's 14 points and Mayo 3 goals and 4 that's a total of 13 points in a tense and exciting if unspectacular final as the as the reports um talked about that's it and uh, of course I, I remember I remember that game uh, back in 91 the replay and it was a really hot sunny day and a great game a great game of football it was um, I suppose similar similar to the the first game in, in many ways as in it was kind of a tense affair very close throughout um, but I think the difference the difference for us that year was Derek Duggan and uh, the performances throughout which heard, which heard them um an all-star that year as well, and I think he was kind of the difference throughout the championship. And of course, as we know, we were kind of we were unlucky against Mead in the in the semi-final. But I suppose that that that's football for you. You know, it can be a cruel game. But listen, thanks very much, uh, Ray, for covering the uh, the 1981 minor Connacht football final between Roscommon and Mayo. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to covering another game next week. Okay, thanks, Ian. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was uh, that was Ray Lennon, former Roscommon goalkeeper, and we were covering the 1981 minor Connacht football final.